Welcome to Pints and Politics. I'm your host, Dan Parsons. Hey, for 46 episodes, we have talked to the community leaders, state leaders, people who are important in our community, uh, who are the thought leaders and really drive not only the economic engines of this state, but the political and sometimes community uh, betterment uh, here in Nebraska and Lincoln. And today is no exception. I, I am thrilled to welcome uh, back to Lincoln, uh, my friend Jason Ball, who is the very newly minted president of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. That's right. Thank you so much, Dan. It's yeah. an honor to be here. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll talk about uh, your past and, and, and what you have planned for the future. But let me just give our guests uh, a little, uh, a short introduction. And first of all, we should say, uh, replacing Wendy Birdsell. Uh, Wendy's been a great friend of uh, Pints and Politics and yeah. everybody in the community. And so I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just thrilled that, uh, that you're here. It's, it's an honor to follow in her footsteps. I cannot replace her, but I, I can only try to do her legacy justice. And you bet. It. You yeah. bet. So let me just give a little bit of background of Jason from 2008 to 2012. Uh, Jason served as the Director of Business Development for the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, mm -hmm. which is the business development arm of the chamber. Mm -hmm. And then you and then you left us. You ran off uh, to uh, to Hutchinson, Kansas, yes, and sir. led their Chamber of Commerce. Yep. And uh, and then you were the president and CEO CEO of the Sioux Falls uh, Chamber of Commerce in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. And then for the past two years, uh, you've been the chamber exec in Round Rock, Texas, which is basically a suburb of Austin. That's correct. And what a great experience. And and so is that just short of 10 years that you've been gone? Is it that it, long? Just shy of that, about yeah. nine years to the day. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, you know, when, it, <clears throat> when we rolled out of uh, Lincoln, we were never dissatisfied being here. We love the city. We love the size. We love the environment and the culture here. Um, it was a great fit, but, um, you know, my wife and I decided that we needed to move for seeking some growth and opportunity. And when we left, I, I never would have dreamed uh, that someday I'd get to to return and get to do this work with uh, so many team members and colleagues that I yeah. got to work with when I was uh, here before. Yeah. And so it's just an honor to get to come back and, and do this here. Again. Well, it, it's a great fit and a great hire. Uh, so, I, and I didn't know this till I was reminded of your bio. I grew up out in Western Nebraska in Sydney. Yes, uh, so I graduated from high school in Ogallala. So I yeah. headed out there once in a while. Yeah. So graduated from Sydney, uh, uh, high, grew up in Sydney, uh, graduated from Nebraska Wesleyan, mm -hmm. uh, got your master's uh, in business administration from UNL, mm -hmm. uh, a certified economic, economic develop, developer, and is also a graduate of the U.S. Chambers Institute for Organizational Management. Mm -hmm. I know those are vigorous uh, programs. Yes. And, um, and the University of Oklahoma's economic, economic development program. Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a tremendous resume for you to have those experiences in those other communities and now be back in Lincoln. We're so fortunate to have. Well, th thank you. That's very kind. And, and uh uh, you know, I think that that background that you went through with all the alphabet soup is a, a testament <laughs> to uh, even Jason Ball can be uh, saved by ongoing education and training. And that's why I'm such a fan of uh, making sure those pathways and opportunities are available both for our team and for uh, the, the whole workforce of our community. Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, Jason, as you know, when I begged you 
Did I beg you? You did not. I asked you. <laughs> you, you. It was so great because you instantly said yes. I want to come on the program. Yeah. Uh, but as as you may know, uh, we do drink on the show happily. We do. And <laughs> and as I tell our viewers and listeners, I think politics. The only way we really should be engaging in politics and having discussions is over a wonderful Nebraska craft beer. That's so right. that's so right. that's what we do. And you've poured yours. I'm going to pour I've mine. I've got a head start. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we are drinking from our friends at Zipline, yep. our dear friends at Zipline. Uh, they've been a, a good friend, a, a great uh, partner for Pints and Politics, and they've yep. done great things in the city. So this is their uh, their German Kolsch. Uh, and it's, it's just an easy, refreshing, crisp beer. Uh, and I always call this, uh, I didn't come up with the term, one of our guests did. It's a great uh, lawnmower beer. Nice, nice. <laughs> so think of this when you're mowing the lawn later this summer. I, I can't wait till I have that opportunity. Have it in the fridge. Break. And yeah. so anyway, it's a great, easy drinking beer. And cheers, Frost. my friend. Yes. See, can't you taste that after yes. you've been out sweating is, in the lawn? And That is a summertime beer. I it love is it. a great a great beer. So, um, as always, we'll put the notes in the uh, in the uh, website and mm -hmm. other places so you can learn about uh, the Zipline beer. And uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about some of the things that you want to accomplish. Uh, and by the way, uh, this is March. You just came on just the end of January. You're just uh, reminding yourself uh, where the bathroom is. Well, you haven't been in the new office. I haven't. Uh, yeah, I've at, had to find it from scratch, yeah. just like anyone new at the team. And I'm, I'm. Uh, this is my ninth week as we're recording okay. this today. Okay. And uh, uh, have in that first eight weeks taken over two hundred individual sit down meetings and small wow. group uh, sit down meetings to connect and reconnect with uh, decision makers and influencers here, and uh, done my very best to. Uh, ask lots of questions and then be quiet and, and learn what they're thinking about from Lincoln's future as well. Yeah. So it's been a very, very productive time. It's been an exciting time. Um, it's it's a, a period of lots of new ideas about where are we going to go? How does Lincoln want to define itself in the future? And then what, of course, is the, the Chamber's role with that, along with our other partnership institutions? Because a lot of changes in the nine yep. years that you've been gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, this space wasn't here. We're at Fuse Coworking. Uh, this space wasn't here. The arena wasn't here. Mm -hmm. uh, all of this development. Just And I know you've come back. You have family here and everything. But mm -hmm. to be back and be the executive of the chamber, to see what this city has done in the past nine years since you've been gone, it's it's truly remarkable. Yeah. I, you know, the uh, uh, Lincoln has a, I'll call it a pedigree or a, a culture here that that you know really began in 2005 uh, when, when Wendy came on to the chamber, assembled her team, had Angelo Sangelo come and do the scorecard, you'll remember. Yeah. Um, and they had some observations. Some of them were a little bit tough to learn about in terms of how we benchmark ourselves to other communities. And, and I got to be, uh, you know, low on the totem pole and see uh, from that perspective how the community rallied around some big ideas. Yeah. And and I've often uh, told Wendy, I said, you spoiled me without me knowing it because I had an N of one in terms of how does how do chamber work? How do chambers work? Uh, what can they accomplish? And then I, I have gone to 
many other great communities full of wonderful people and happy to have served there and then been exposed through my networks uh, to other organizations, how they're organized and what they do. And I will tell you, this chamber punches above its weight huh. in terms of what the business community is able to do to shape the future of Lincoln through our chamber and, and again, through other partnership institutions. Um, that, that probably more than anything else is why I wanted to come back to this organization to do this work is because we're not going to sit on our laurels and just get pushed wherever the wind blows us. We are going to harness uh, th those winds and, and use that to direct our own outcomes in this world. And that's how you have to do it right now in this competitive environment. Yeah, it is competitive. What, what, I, I didn't think about this till just now. What some of the things that you learned in some of the other stops in some of those other communities, are there any similarities? I mean, what, what, what did you gain from those experiences that will now help you lead the Lincoln Chamber? Uh, that's a really broad question, Ooh, yeah. but it just it's similarities in communities because those are very diverse communities. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It seems, seems like, anyway. They are, yeah. Um, and so I, I think the number one thing that comes to mind as you ask that question is it is so important for the business community to have a unified voice. Yeah. And that doesn't uh, automatically happen. No, it, and it doesn't <laughs> happen by accident. Yeah. It, it takes intentionality. It takes hard work. It takes a lot of, um, quite frankly, difficult discussions yep. over many of these and yep. cups of coffee yep. um, to, to, to figure out what's going to work and how do we unify around a set of priorities, a shared vision uh, to bring things together. Um, and, and just for example, I've, I've seen uh, colleagues that ran organizations that were not unified in terms of they had an economic development shop that was separate or a visitor industry that wasn't included in the general business community. Um, and, and I think that that probably is the most powerful thing about uh, the, the Lincoln Chamber's approach is we, we are truly a visitor economy, uh, economic development program and chamber proper, and that's where our policy engagement lives, um, to, to, to make sure that we are one holistic economic vitality organization that has many different programs and many ways we touch uh, different, different areas of this economy uh, to help spur great things to happen and grow. Is that a unique model in, in the country of having all of those entities under one roof? It's, it's not unique, but it takes constant rebalancing. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very common for uh, you to find organizations where uh, often it'll be due to personalities. Um, you know, people will want to split sections of that program off. Um, and, and I always think that is that is just a mistake yeah. um, be, because you are diluting what you're able to accomplish. And, and each of those, you know, two new agencies, they both have to go out and get their back-end services, their front-end services. They're right. not able to share the power yeah. of uh, shared marketing, uh, mm -hmm. for example, or, or, or speak with a, a truly unified voice mm -hmm. uh, amongst the business community. It just, it hurts them in the long run. Um, and often I find it's, it's separated for, again, personality conflicts or, or money disagreements. Yeah. And that's a failure, failure of, of compromise and unified leadership and yeah. leadership. I, yeah. I think that that's the yeah. key. Um, you know, I know historically the Lincoln chamber has been able to, again, even outside of your building, uh, you've been very successful through the years. And again, I know you experienced this 
when you were here uh, nine years ago, uh, the ability to work with the state chamber, the local yeah. uh, community, the local governmental uh, entities, mm -hmm. and uh, that advocacy work to be able to uh, impact uh, policy, not only on the local level, but the state level and the federal level. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things that you see on the horizon that you're either working on currently in the advocacy and public policy and mm -hmm. state, local, federal, whatever you, whatever kind of the hot button issues that you're working on? Yeah, I, I think it really boils down to two things uh, at this moment that we're having this conversation. It's competitiveness and workforce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so everything that we do, we have to remain competitive as a place for businesses to come or people to come. Um, and, and I just want to note, you mentioned the state chamber. Um, I, I think folks would would maybe be surprised to the degree which the the Lincoln, Omaha and state chambers work together um, again, back to my unified business voice yeah. um, to accomplish big things. And so we're. All of us uh, very, very involved in the uh, conversations happening at the state house right now in terms of uh, uh, bringing personal income tax and, and corporate income tax, tax down. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, competitiveness and workforce. Mm -hmm. um, uh, state property tax is going to be part of that. Um, we're very proud of, of the work that uh, our organizations, along with so many others, have done um, on uh, making a constitutional amendment for airports in the state of Nebraska to turn around and do uh, basically revenue guarantees to bring more air service and airlines here, something Lincoln's obviously very concerned about right now. Um, and that's going to benefit all the other airports uh, in the state as well and allow them to expand their service. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, a huge, uh, we've done some work with the Lincoln Airport and and Dave and his team out there just, uh, I just, and like all of us cheering them on to uh, get us where we need to be. And it's going to happen. Yep. I mean, it's, you guys are working hard and, and there's some legislation that's been introduced and um, yeah, we're going to, I think I predict, and you, obviously you know better than I do, but um, th I think there's some opportunities obviously for Lincoln to continue to grow that uh, air service that I, will make a difference for a city our size we're going to have to pursue that and so uh, i would say along with that we also need to be prepared to, to to maybe think about the airport in some different ways in terms of in addition to expanded consumer access how are we going to leverage our um, very substantial and important uh, army and international guard presence yes. out there as a military asset yes. how are we going to leverage that whole area for industrial development mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and how can we grow that as a business asset? And then are, is there part of the future out there uh, that includes more uh, logistics or bimodal or multimodal uh, logistics center activity? Yeah. Now, none of what I just said is new. Everything that I have just said are things that I promise the airport leadership has also been thinking about and, and considered in the past as well as the chamber. Um, so I don't mean to say that that isn't happening, but I, I really do think we need to double down on that um, flexibility when it comes to the future of the airport to achieve its, its fullest potential um, because it's Lincoln's just in a weird environment um, as a smaller community with a smaller airport and so close to uh, an Omaha airport, which will always be uh, an important part of our transportation ecosystem here too, sure. to the great benefit of Lincoln. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I know <clears throat> that there may be, I don't know if it's misconceptions, but just a 
uh, a, a thinking from the business community or from the community at large that uh, any chamber of commerce must just worry about the big business and yeah. who, who's the next big fish we can pull in. And obviously that is so important to your mission and overall objectives. But you also have, I assume, a majority of s small businesses yeah. that are chamber, like Parsons Public Relations. We're yeah. real small. We're, you know, <laughs> a handful of, of, of employees. And uh, so tell us about uh, your vision for uh, the small business community here in Lincoln. So um, if I can take one step backwards yeah, on that too, um, I got my start in the chamber industry uh, really uh, just after I had been the small business development center director here in Lincoln. Yeah. And uh, functionally that office, at least in my time, was very focused on helping people that wanted to do uh, spray on truck bed liners yeah. or, or start their small consulting agency. Yeah. Um, you know, help them get pr predominantly SBA loans. Yeah. And through, through that experience, and that was a lot of sitting and listening to people coming in and saying, I have this idea. Um, you learn real quick. They're not trying to create a job. They're not necessarily building a revenue model and they don't want to come in and create the next, uh, you know, McDonald's right. corporate experience. Mm -hmm. They're building a dream. Uh, for themselves and for their families. They're trying to get to that, that next step and they've, they've really latched onto something that they're passionate about. So entrepreneurs and small business owners are, are very important people. They're special people. They mean so much to every economy, particularly Lincoln's. Um, and, and coming here and working in the other cities I did, you know, I'll walk into a small business and they'll say, well, we know you're just focused on big business. I'll walk into a big business and they'll say, We're, we know you're just focused on small business. Interesting. No, any organization that I'm going to be involved with, we're relevant to all business. And that, that starts with policy, but that means so much more in terms of, uh, well, what we're trying to do here right now. Um, we've launched, and this was an idea balloon that I threw out to the staff <clears throat> just after I got, uh, you know, announced to be stepping it. in. I love it, Jason. Yeah. Don't waste any time. Let's get the ideas rolling. That's, that's, that's right. Good. Yeah, I, that's I good. shot this out there. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to act on it right away, but they didn't make me say it <laughs> twice either. Uh, so thank you, team. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we jumped right out and have established a, a small business advisory council. Advisory directly to me. Um, because, pardon me. <coughs> um. Because I want to know what is on small businesses' mind. What are the forces that they're concerned about? How are they able to react to um, all the challenges that they have? And what's the chamber's role in helping alleviate that? Um, not all of that's policy. Some no. of it's other support programs. Um, some of it is just awareness in the small business community of things that we are already doing right now that they just haven't had an opportunity to learn about. Um, and, and then at the same time, they're going to be able to impact the shape and nature of what the chamber is going to be in the future and what our targets ought to be as we get into things like you know, whatever it is, small business lending tools, access to resources, access to technical assistance, I just things think we that's, do and things we partner. I just think that's so smart. I mean, it really is. I mean, we hear it all the time. It's the small businesses are the lifeblood of, of our economy. And you know what we've experienced the last couple of years with uh, with COVID and and now with you know some economic yeah. challenges. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really smart to focus on that. And, and 
so yeah, uh, we'll be interested in continuing to watch that and yeah. see that grow. And uh, but I love that perspective of, hey, we're not just big business. And, yeah. And I think uh, the ability to communicate that is is great. Um, six, six out of our six out of ten of our members are small businesses right now, and we are a small business chamber. We wear that badge. Very proud. And, and there's a lot of different uh, needs, and obviously from yeah. uh, from big big, big business. Um, talk, if you would, a little bit about uh, what I think is one of the most sexy issues that have come up uh, that merges sports and business. Yeah. Uh, as a PR guy and a marketing guy, I'm like, wow, this is nirvana. <laughs> uh, you know, we got sports and business and. So talk a little bit about uh, this toolbox series that you're going to launch and uh, some of the first things you're going to talk about. Yeah, no, uh, happy to. So uh, a couple things. I mean, I'll have to look down for the date here. That's okay. Moment. And by the way, if um, you need somebody to give you a refill, oh, they're right in front of you. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so we are launching, and it's not exclusively related to only the sports market. That's just where we're Correct. jumping in at. Um, is our, our, our business toolbox series. And um, uh, just like everybody else, the chamber had to pivot and reevaluate our programming over the past couple of years. And we're trying to re-engage in having that physical um, in-person presence for all of that. We're doing uh, some of that for our business toolbox series. And businesses of any size, small businesses in particular, because they're uh, uh, sometimes they have trouble just finding out or accessing resources, right? And that's where we are happy to step in. Um, and so we're starting our, our first uh, small business toolbox series, which will be um, a quarterly meeting, and it will be uh, activities, information, or uh, programs that you can take away and apply today in your business. And obviously, the name, image, likeness conversation that universities have had and university athletes are now able to engage in has really changed the, the landscape. Obviously, for those student athletes, great. It's also changed the landscape for our business community in terms of where do I go to connect with student athletes? How can I get them, you know, maybe interested in, in working with uh, getting the word out about one of one of my products? What's and appropriate? What's inappropriate? How do we how do we do that? What are the rules? There? Yeah, because yeah. It, it's it's kind of like the wild wild west. I think. I mean, there's yeah. you know so many opportunities, and and you know uh, I've gotten to know as many Lincolnites have Nick and Muchachos, and yeah, and Nick is just lighting it up on so many levels, yeah. and, and I think he's going to be part of your program as well, and and because he is, uh, yeah, he's latched on to some really amazing talent for the university and. Uh, yeah. So I, I just think that's uh, just a, a tremendous opportunity that, frankly, it seemed like it popped up overnight with NCAA making mm -hmm. a rule change and being allowed to do that. And, and so uh, now we just need some winning teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to help, well, help that have, along. What are you talking about? We have the best volleyball team in the nation. That's exactly right. right yes, yeah. ex exactly right. Isn't no, uh, uh, we're, we're also, Lincoln is uniquely positioned, and I'm just finding this out on the back end as I've come back, as one of the meccas for companies that specialize nationwide Yes, in helping student-athletes find out about these opportunities and connect with, with businesses uh, to do that. So our, our first tool, business toolbox series, Wednesday, March 23rd, uh, 1130 to, to 1, I believe. And I, and I just want to read this real quick. That's so okay. Jonathan Bateman from UNL Compliance, 
helping us understand the rules. Chris Armiller, from, uh, CEO and founder of FanWord, and also a Launch LNK grant winner. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Nick from Muchachos yep. is going to help us understand what, what awesome opportunities are available to businesses in this name, image, likeness. How can Lincoln businesses leverage that? Cool. Cool. So one of the issues that I'm really excited about is, you know, when when you were gone, as we were mentioned, mm-hmm. we built this thing across the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I know part of the conversations at that time, when Mayor Beitler and and the chamber and others were talking about building this uh, new arena, would the public have the appetite to add a convention center? Yeah. And at the time, it was decided. You know, let's just set that aside. Let's mm-hmm. do the arena. Let's get this area developed and, mm-hmm. and cranked up, and we'll revisit that later. Yeah. Well, as I've been hearing, uh, that time may be ripe. Yeah. So we have, in partnership with the Downtown Rotary 14 and the Downtown Lincoln Association, and are the Chamber's Convention and Visitors Bureau. So when I say we, Convention and Visitors Bureau is part of our Chamber programming. Yeah. Um, and to the great credit of Jeff Mall, Jeff who's Mall. our vice yep. president at the chamber. Former guest of uh, Pines and Politics. Wonderful. So you know? he is he is the expert in this. Um, but yeah, at the time, it was considered probably cost prohibitive, too big of a swing and too big of a risk financially yep. um, to evaluate what would it look like if a convention center was put down here. And the, the challenge of that is it wasn't too long after Pinnacle Bank Arena opened that the, the uh, data and numbers and information around conventions really started to change for the better. Yep. Um, fast forward to now, Omaha is doing a large business there. Kearney has had some real developments there. There are other Nebraska communities that have been able to capture some of that business. We are missing out yep. on a defined market opportunity. Yep. And so a company called CSL came in and uh, uh, evaluated for us, not where it needs to be or how much it needs to cost or even how big it has to be at this moment, we wanted to know our universe of options. Mm-hmm. So they came in and they identified five general locations, generally within the downtown, um, that, that we need to begin to really perform a thorough set of due diligence operations to figure out what's a potential cost, what's a potential development timeline, what, what market opportunities more specifically could we hope to capture in a facility uh, that leverages this? And we, and we want to make sure it's an asset that feeds into everything else going exactly. on in this, this yeah, area. Yeah, the continuity. So what are, yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, what yeah. are some examples of what we are missing out on <laughs> by not having a convention center attached or in the vicinity of uh, downtown? Here's where it gets real esoteric real fast. Every uh, business industry has some sort of a convention or association group meeting that happens every year. And they can get as as specific as the uh, precast post-tensioned concrete pole association. <laughs> right. Yeah, big deal. I'm yeah. not making that up. That's I know. It's a real group. <laughs> it's a big deal. Uh, yeah. And and so th- there are any number of opportunities that, that we feel like we know, and CSL has backed us up with data, that, that we know will drive in for this let alone the opportunities that everyone's very familiar with here in terms of state association, state groups, folks that are already in Nebraska that are already familiar with Lincoln that would love to spend a week or a weekend here for a few days. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. We'll keep uh, watching that. 
and watching the chamber uh, and watching you lead the, the effort. And uh, yeah, there's some exciting uh, moments ahead for Lincoln. And I'm so, I'm so happy that we could reconnect yeah. and, uh, and share a beer. And uh, so thanks for being on the show. The, the first of many. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly Thank you for right. having me. That's exact. Uh, well, cheers, my friend. Cheers. We'll do it again. Thank you. Mm. I did it backwards. Let me thank, as we close out, let me thank a few people. Uh, the crew at Becom Solutions. Uh, Courtney, uh, Caitlin's here, and Rachel and their team that do all the production, editing, and distribution of Pines and Politics. Uh, Kim Remington, Operations Manager at Parsons Public Relations. Uh, you may be hearing uh, the theme music that was written and performed by Jack Rodenberg, a ah. familiar name in the community. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Fuse Coworking, our home and the home of Parsons Public Relations, and our guest, Mr. Jason Ball, President of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, man. Okay, we'll do it again. I hope so. <laughs>